I'm Christina May, the online pastor at World Harvest Church in Enid, Oklahoma. You're about to hear a spirit-filled message from our pastor. So grab your Bible, and if you're a coffee lover like me, grab a cup of coffee and get ready for a personal word that God has for you today. Well, grab your Bible and grab your devices here this morning, and we're going to dive into the Word of God today. Anybody love the Word of God here today? We love the Word of God here today. Amen. So uh, this is a particular Sunday. Let me give just a little bit of a disclaimer. Not a disclaimer, but just uh, teeing up something. Um, if you have ever been in a, a tragic or a traumatic event in your life, I need you just to kind of set your heart. So I'm going to be really open. Uh, I'm not going to share a lot of details with something that happened to a couple of our guys and myself uh, Friday night. So just if you've dealt with trauma, if you deal with PTSD from traumatic events, I just need you to prepare yourself. I'm not going to go into a lot of gory details by no means, but uh, I am going to tell you something that happened. So just to be ready. But I believe God's in us today. Amen. Y'all all right with that? Everybody ready to go? Buckle up, buttercup, let's roll, all right? Let's go to the Father God in prayer here as we dive in this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. Just, man, we've felt your presence so strongly here in the house today, Lord God. And I'm just reminded, Lord, as we come in here that we don't come out of religion. Lord, we come here today out of a relationship. Lord, we're so grateful for your love your tender mercies, your grace that is new every day. Lord, I just ask that through our remaining time we have together, Lord God, that helps us see what you want us to see, to hear what you want us to hear. And Lord, I stand here on the stage just realizing the limitations of my own humanity. Lord, I ask that you help me just to unpack what needs to unpack, Lord God, to so that we all may be changed by your glory, more into the image that you've created us to be today. So be with us for these next few moments. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. I want you to open up your Bible with me, Hurry, first of all, to the book of Psalms, chapter 77. Psalms, chapter 77. Uh, let me do mention something else about forgot. Uh, Marquita, Alexis, is Gloria coming home this week? Thursday, Gloria Marquez is coming home. Thursday. Man, what a miracle. What a miracle. Psalms chapter 77. Here we are, first Sunday of November. Is anybody like me? Like, where in the world has this year already gone? Next month is Christmas. A few days after that, it's 2022. Hard to believe. Here we are. You know, uh, November, of course, is typically a time where we talk about giving thanks. And Pastor Kinsley was urging us there in that transition out of that second song there to just really stop, give thanks back to God. Let me tell you, there's power in Thanksgiving. Um, this week, for me, uh, on social media has been a delight. Uh, I don't know how many of y'all are kind of like myself. You kind of have the cringe factor when you click on that social media icon. Like, man, I hope somebody don't, is not stupid today. I hope somebody's not, you know railing on something, you know. But this last several days, I've just really, I've really enjoyed it because there's a lot of y'all that have taken on this initiative to make November a, a, a month that you're giving God thanks for something in your life every day and you're posting those things. I love it. 
I mean, Marquita, I love watching, following Marquita, you know, her Facebook posts and so many others. I love reading those. It's quite joyful to read those. And I want us to look at something here in the book of Psalms, chapter 77, just to tee up what I believe the Lord has for us here today. If you will, I want to read several of these verses. I'm going to read out the New Living Translation. And now, let me just uh, give you a little bit of background of this. Uh, many people, you know, you ask who wrote Psalms, you know, they say, well, David wrote Psalms. David wrote a lot of them, but he didn't write all of them. And so this actually is a Psalm that was written by another author, Asaph, here. It's not by David, but it's just really powerful. So if you would track along with me here in this chapter of Psalms, chapter 77, I'm going to pick up in the last half of verse one. And he said this, and I cry out to God. Yes, I shout, oh God, oh, that God would listen to me. Anybody ever had that moment? God, where are you at? God, are you listening to me? Verse two, he goes on this, when I was in deep trouble, just kind of curious, has anybody been in deep trouble at World Harvest Church today? Come on, anybody been in those moments? When I was in deep trouble, he says, I searched for the Lord. All night long, I prayed with hands lifted towards heaven, but my soul was not comforted. Verse three, I think of God and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. Anybody ever been to that place before? Verse seven, you don't let me sleep. I, I am too distressed to even pray. Verse five, I think of the good old days long since ended. Verse six, when my nights were filled with joyful songs, I searched my soul, I pondered the difference now. Verse seven, listen to this. Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again be kind to me? Verse eight, is his unfailing love gone forever? Have his promises permanently failed? Verse nine, has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? Verse 10, I said, this is my fate. The most high God has turned his hand against me. Now, I just really, any, anybody like you read through that, like, yeah, I relate, I've been there. Anybody like that? You feel like just life has happened, life has been a mess? Come on, am I in good company at World Harvest Church today? Have we all not been there before? Verse 11, but, everybody say, but God. But then I recall all that you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. Verse 12, they are constantly, come on, everybody say it with me, in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. Do you see this? Almost roller coaster ride of emotions that's going on here with the, the author of this. Man, this place of really almost pouring out the heart. God, why you forsaken me? God, I'm, I'm at the low of my life. God, I, I, what is going on in my life? And then we get to the last part, but I remember. But I remember. Uh, you know, that's one of the big butts of the Bible right there, but I remember. And, and it's kind of like those of you that's been following along with Marquita and Gloria's journey and dealing with COVID and just that near-death experiences. Marquita's really, I don't know where she, can't remember where she got the phrase, but her favorite phrase is, but God, but God. This is what the circumstances may be, but God. This is what happened, has happened, but God, but God. I mean, I've, I've got a, just a new revelation of that, but God. And here the writer's going through this same just, pouring out his grief. Then he comes to that point, but God, but I remember, I remember. See, even in the midst of challenges, even in the midst of tragedy, I believe that God can be and he has been 
there. See, ghosts, the writer goes from feeling overwhelmed by life to giving thanks to God. Have you ever been in that place? Have you ever been there before? Let me start unpacking some of my life events these last 36 hours. Those of you that know me pretty well, I mean, if you come to World Harvest Church long enough, to know, you know I'm a good old outdoor boy, right? You know, I, I like to hunt, I like to fish. And if you don't like to hunt, you don't like to fish, I'm sorry, that's who God created me to be. You know, you just got to give me some grace. Amen, I'm an outdoors boy. Uh, you know, we've been in Enon for over 23 years. When I grew up in Guyman, I could pretty much go hunt anywhere I wanted. But when I got to Enon, it's just like, man, you just... There was really no place to hunt. So for a long time, I prayed, Lord God, I, please, I just, I'd love a place to go hunt. Well, I was introduced to pig hunting here back in January of this year. I've been on a couple of pig hunts, and I like it. I tell you, like, it's kind of my new fun thing to do. I'm a, you know, coyote hunter by nature. You know, deer hunting's okay. I don't get as much of the thrills I used to in deer hunting. But, man, I tell you, coyotes and pigs, I'm all over that. And so... Here a few months ago, thanks to a couple here in our church, the, the Lord really opened the door to, for me to go hunting, a place that I could go, just drive out to and hunt. And so, and, and lo and behold, they got a bunch of pigs out there. And I'm like, man, this is like every hunter's dream. I mean, whoo. And so for the last several months, I've been preparing for pig hunting. I went out, a couple of our guys, just because their schedule has been going out with me. Uh, set up a feeder, you know, and it's just an ideal spot for hunting. I mean, it's just like every door, every outdoorsman's just this dream. I just love going out there. Well, um, Friday night, I've got a lot of things coming up here in the next few weeks. I'm going to be out of pocket. So, uh, you know, talk to the guys, a couple of the guys that's been helping me with this. I said, let's, let's go hunting. Let's go pig hunting. And so um, Chris Infield, many of you know Chris back here in the back, you know, he's been going out and help us set the feeder up. And Evan Neal, many of y'all know Evan. Evan uh, works security up here. He's always setting up here. Uh, many of y'all know Evan. For, in fact, I got a picture of us right before we went out hunting there. I mean, we had to go by the Mexican food place there on uh, south of Fairview that the Slot Howers introduced us to. And I'm like, man, you guys got to come eat this place. I just shot that picture right before we went out here uh, that night. And so the way you pig hunt, again, if you're not outdoors, just bear with me. You're going to have some, just have some grace for me, okay? Um, so the way we pig hunt, and this, there's different ways to do it, but you, pig, you usually do it at night. Uh, and let me just mention this. Everything we do is completely legal. I mean, you can get special permission uh, from the state department, the wildlife, the Department of Wildlife of Oklahoma to go hunting at night. You got to get a permit. So we had our permits and everything. In fact, every time we go hunting there, I text the game warden out there, say, hey, by the way, we're going to be out hunting tonight. He just, he, he just asked me to do that. So we do everything above board. So you go out there and what you do is, you know, dark. And so you, we set up on this ridge that overlooks out over this little bottom area there where our feeder is about 80 yards away. And so we're sitting, I'm, you know, it is dark. I mean, we're in a, you know, clear sky, no moon right now. And it's like, man, now for hunting, that's ideal. Uh, but we sat out there, got set up about 930. And the way we hunt, you know, we just sit kind of like a deer stand, but we're in the open, but we're on this ridge overlooking. We're sitting in these chairs just waiting and it was, just, it was just one of those nights, God, just, there wasn't even a squirrel moving. I mean, a raccoon, nothing. And so it's just like, you know, like, man, so I kind of, and then we're going to wait till 12 midnight and go home. You know, we got these cameras set up, you know, and they're always taking pictures and sometimes they don't show up till midnight. So it was midnight, I was like, guys, it's done. And so I'm sitting like here, Evan is sitting in the middle and Chris is sitting to the right of Evan. And so 12 o'clock, you know, we, let's go home. Let's pack up to go home. So we all get up from our chairs 
start getting our stuff ready. I mean, pig hunting again. I, I don't know. Some of you guys are like, where are you going with this, Pastor? But, you know, you carry a pistol usually because, you know, there's a lot of storage. You run it anyway. So you usually have a, a sidearm. You usually got a rifle. Now, we're kind of in this AR craze right now. So we all had our ARs and had our pistols. And so I'm strapping my gun on down. Uh, Evan is back to the right of me. We're getting ready. Chris is on off over there. Uh, getting his stuff together. I had just put my, because it's pitch black out there, I just put my light on my head, turned it on uh, to prepare to walk out. And uh, Evan says something, and I start to turn around to look at him. And about that time, a gun discharges. Uh, now, if you guys are outdoorsmen, if you've ever been in a situation like that, a gun discharges, it's just, there's, seems like, it's just silence, like, what just happened? Well, it wasn't but a matter of, of seconds that Evan starts hollering. He had been hit by this gun that had discharged. Um, and he was just, you know, begin to just cry out. And, of course, Wiz is on a little bit of incline. He starts jumping around. And by the time he kind of falls down right beside me, it's really right up to the edge of this little drop-off area we're at. And my light... When I turn around to look at him, he's laying on the ground. And the first thing that I see is that he's been shot in the leg, in his lower leg. And it was very obvious as I, my light hit him there, uh, just the damage that had taken place in his leg. So immediately you, we went into trauma mode. And, uh, of course, we immediately got belts off, turning the leg Thank God Chris was with me there that night. Um, Chris wasn't going to go, but the last minute he decided to go. And so I looked at Chris and said, I got to go get the truck. And so uh, I, I tell and you know, I had to, the truck's about a half mile away. Um, had to, the wheat, we had to cross the wheat field that had just been plowed just that week. And so immediately I'm running through this wheat field. Like, can I even get through this wheat field? Because it rained earlier, you know, in the week. Can I even get through here? And so I, I get to the truck. I kicked it in four-wheel drive. And I'm like, Lord, you got to get me across this field. Because, I mean, I know he was losing a lot of blood. And so I get it. And, man, it's like my truck just glided across that plowed wheel field. Got there. Uh, by the time I got there, uh, Chris had got everything up. And then we got Evan on up, got him under the barbed wire fence, got him into the truck. And we're like, let's go. Um, was able to get a hold of emergency. I wouldn't even, I didn't even know Fairview Hospital was open. I mean, we was only about five, six miles from Fairview. And so I get on uh, with emergency right away. Hey, we've had a gunshot wound, losing blood quickly. Uh, he's still with us. He's about to pass out. We, you know, it's, can we get to Fairview? And sure enough, long short of that story is, uh, they said, yes, we'll let him know you're coming. So we get to Fairview, get him in there. Uh, and they lay him out there, you know, on the table. And, of course, the doctors come in and finally get the doctor there. And, and she takes one look at it and says, we got to get him to uh, Oklahoma City, to the trauma center, where he can have emergency surgery. And so they call for the, the hill of flight to come, the helicopter come. Of course, it's got an hour. But um, I know what I saw. When he laid there and they opened the paint, got the clothes off, the, the wound, I know what I saw on that leg. Uh, there. I'll never forget it. Um, 
And in just all this time, you deal with all those emotions of everything. And so the helicopter come, picked him up there at Fairview Hospital to get him to Oklahoma City to Mercy for emergency surgery. Chris and I, of course, we drive him back. You know, COVID protocols, you can only have one person. There was, you know, his mom and dad needed to be there worse than we needed to be there. So we all came on back to Enid there and just dealing with all that. I'm just going through this in my head of all this that happened. Chris had been through an industrial accident here several years ago uh, where he was working a job and lost his leg. His leg was crushed and was, lost his leg. You know, all those thoughts are going through my mind. And so uh, early Saturday or yesterday morning, uh, it was about 5 or 6 o'clock, um, uh, Frank, Evan's dad, texted me and said, well, he's out of surgery. Uh, they've sewed him all up. He's doing good. And I just, I read that. He sewed him up. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I, I, like, I saw the wound. I said, what are you? Because I'm already thinking, I'm looking at this wound there uh, in the middle of the night on Saturday. I'm thinking, how are they going to be able to reconstruct that leg? You know, there's bone fragments. There's bullet fragments. How are they? How? I'm like, how are they going to plate that to get those bones back together? And so I... I texted him back and I said, How is he okay? He has, his, has the bones. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I read the text back. He said, Large bone's good. Small bone got some damage, but it's going to heal on its own. I'm like, What? Wait a minute. I saw that wound, and you're telling me he doesn't, they're not even going to screw the bones together. And he's like, he's, The big bone's good. It's going to heal. Uh, the small bone's going to heal on its own. I'm like, Oh my God. And uh, he said, you know, he's going to have to have some skin grass because, you know, a five, five, six bullet that went through the leg there, 75 grain hollow point, uh, it did some damage there. And so he's going to have to have some skin grafts. So later on that morning, I get the report back that he's not even going to have to have skin grafts. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm like, this is amazing. And, uh, in the midst of tra- what could have been actually a very tra- a tragic event, that bullet, I mean, just a little variation from the gun, anyhow, any way, that bullet could have gone differently. And so these last 36 hours that I have been on, let me tell you, in the midst of a traumatic event, God's hand has been upon it so many moments. So I can't help but stand before you here today. I am a thankful person today. I, 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 you know, why, why do bad things happen to good people? I, I don't know. That's the question we have to ask. But this is what I know. Even in the midst of bad things, God shows up. Come on. God shows up in the midst of tragedy. Amen. Come on. Anybody agree with that? And so I kind of tee this up because... My heart has been just so gracious today. You know, I'm, I'm thankful. Man, I'm thankful for God. I'm thankful for his hand. And I, this is kind of what the Lord has got me on. I actually, this message I put together before the events of Friday night, and I just, I'm like, you know, why can't we be people that are thankful, not just in November or around Thanksgiving time, but why can we not be people that are thankful all the time? Why can't we be people that live a lifestyle of giving thanks? Why can't we be a people that are 
thanks living. Amen. Look at your neighbor right now and tell him, I'm thanks living. <laughs> Amen. Let me just give you a couple thoughts here. I just needed to unpack that story to you guys today for two reasons. One, it's therapy for me. It's healing for me and for Chris that's gone through this, for Evan that's gone through it. Um, Evan, they're telling me right now, should be probably another week in the hospital. But I'm believing God is going to be even a lot quicker than that. His recovery is going to be quicker than that. Amen. One question I want to ask us here today, just again here, I'm not going to be long. What are you remembering? You know, we all carry the ability to carry remembrances of thoughts, thoughts from our past. We're not supposed to be defined by our past. We're not supposed to take our identity from our past, but we all have past, all thoughts that we have to deal with, right? Like something Pastor Tammy said years ago, she said this, we tend to remember the wrong things and forget the right things. When you think about the memories that you have right now, are you more concentrating on the wrong things and forgetting the right things? I really believe we probably all got some wrong things that's happened in our life, right? Maybe some situations happen right now that are negative in our life. But the question is, are you remembering those and, and forgetting about the goodness of God? Or are you remembering the right things? Come on, I want to encourage us here today. Remember the good things. Remember the right things. Are the things in your life that God has done for you Come on, anybody here today? Has God been good to you somewhere, somehow in your life? Come on, how many of y'all got something in your life that you can look back and say, that was God? Anybody here? Come on, anybody like Marquita, you can say, but God, but God, God shows up. There's a quote there I've got in your notes. Let me just read it to us. Gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance. Chaos into order. Confusion to clarity. They can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home, a stranger into a friend. In fact, we're told even by doctors that the healthiest of all human emotions is gratitude. It actually increases the immunities of our body. It's, it, it, it reduces stress in our life. So let's be people that have an attitude of gratitude, not just in Thanksgiving time or November, but let's be people that are giving thanks all the time, a lifestyle of thanksgiving. There's an old song that we used to sing years ago in church, count our blessings, name them one by one. I believe that is a healthy thing to do. When's the last time you sat down and wrote out at least three things that you're thankful for in your life? If you haven't done that in a while, I would encourage you to do that today. We live such a busy life. We're so focused on those things that we're doing. Make it a point this week. Stop in your busy days and just say, thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. It's just even through our event that took place last, you know, uh, Saturday morning, early hours there. I mean, I've been, I've been thanking God. I've been having these moments that I'm just stopping and thinking, God, thank you, God, for even the little bitty things. There's been so many of them. I mean, I'm still amazed at me at the shape I'm in that I was able to run a, a half a mile. I, I didn't run it the whole way. I want you to know, but the Lord gave me the endurance to get across that wheat field. I started running fast. I'm like, I can't keep this pace up for a half a mile in a wheat field. <laughs> but there's little things all through the event of that. And I would almost bet that when you look at your life, yeah, you may have had trauma. You may have had bad things happen. You may have had a mess happen. But I believe if you'll stop and look, you will see the goodness of God in your life. 
One of the keys to commitment, to, to, to grace, to gratitude, to being gracious and living with a gracious attitude. Let, let me just give you this little thought real quickly here. We've got to learn to live our life in contentment. Contentment. Let me give you just a thought about contentment here, and then we're going to wrap up our time together today. See, I believe at the heart of the attitude of gratitude is contentment with where we are at in life. Let's look at this passage of scripture real quickly in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. Paul says this. He says, not that I have ever that I was ever in need. He said this, for I have, everybody say that L word with me, learned. Everybody say learned. For I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. Listen, this is what I know about us as Americans. We tend to be very discontented with what we have. We, now, there's a difference between our wants and our needs, right? One thing that I've learned, I've even learned about myself, I've got to be careful. There's a lot of wants that I've got right now, a lot of wants. Me being a pig hunter, I want a thermal rifle scope right now. I want, I want, I want. And you know one thing I've learned about worldly wants? We always want more. There's, material things do not satisfy us. Kind of fun to have, but they don't satisfy us, right? Paul says this, I've learned to be content. Content means this. Let me, let me, let me. Did I finish out that scripture? Paul said, I've learned how to be content. Verse 12, verse 12, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation. How many of y'all have had some situations? Whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or with little, verse 13. Come on, everybody say this with me. For I can do everything or all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Key element to our lives is content. Are you content? Let me get defined content so you'll help understand what I'm talking about here today. Content defined is this. It's satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or I'm not disquieted. Not disturbed. Two key words, disturbed or disquieted. Disturbed or disquieted. Is your heart disturbed or disquieted today? If it is, you are not living in contentment. Now, I'm not saying that we become complacent people. Contentment does not equal complacency. What is complacency? Complacency is a state of your life where you sit back and you're like, oh, everything's good. I'm not going to do anything. Can we be people that are faith people that are believing God for whatever your need be? Can we be people that are believing God for whatever your, the job, the home, the kids, uh, uh, whatever the situation? Can we, still, can we stand in faith and still be content? I believe we can. Because again, the key to contentment is not being disquieted or disturbed. See, I am a person, I preached the series here a few weeks back about, you know, there are the quitters, there are the campers, and there are the climbers. But I've realized this, even though I am pursuing the next level, we can all say, hey, I, we may not be where we need to be, but I'm not where I used to be. Anybody with me here at World Lovers Church? Can we still pursue the next level? Can we still be believers? Can we still stand in faith, but still be contented? Yes. Because the key is the attitude of your heart. Are you staying in peace about your situation? In other words, are you content in the waiting? The waiting. Because we all know there's that point where we release our faith, where we're believing for something until the time it shows up. There's the span of time between we're releasing and the receiving there. That span is what we call the waiting time. And the key, I believe, to receiving whatever it is we're believing God for is how are you handling the wait? Are you like a kid with your grandparent at Walmart? I want this and I want that. And we're not leaving until we get it. Come on, how many of y'all grandparents know your grandkids get very discontented very quickly? 
And we do the best job we can to give them everything they want. Just spoil them a little more. Send them home to mom and dad. Come on. Where's my grandparents in the church today? They all said amen, right? But are you in life like that spoiled kid at Walmart? I need, I want, I want, I need. Or are you a person who says, you know what? I am believing God, but in the wait season, until God does what I'm believing for, I'm going to be content. I'm not going to be disturbed, and I'm not going to be disquieted. Come on, that's a word for somebody here today. How do we do that? By being people that are thanks living. Amen? Psalms chapter 1, verse 3 says this. This is the New Living Translation. It says, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit. Everybody say those next three words with me. What? Each season. Everybody say each season. Bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither. They prosper in all that they do. In other words, I believe when we're plugged into the word of God, we're plugged into his presence, we're plugged into his power, that we can see fruit in our lives in every season. Amen? We can produce fruit in every season. How many seasons? Every season. Man, I tell you what, uh, I don't know if y'all have heard the news. It's not actually a new song now. It's been out a few months ago. Man, I love the music coming out now today. If you, if you guys love worship music, the music, the Elevation Worship, Maverick City, uh, Bethel, I mean, all that stuff. I mean, I don't know about you. Maybe it's just season life I'm in. It is powerful. You talk about getting in the presence of God. Some of y'all need to go home and listen to that. Tomorrow, the next day, the next day, you need to listen to that. But there's a song, Gyra, that Maverick City and Elevation put out. And I love there's a part of that song there where they talk about how we can be thankful in every season of our life. The we, we, reason we can be content in every circumstance, because he is enough. Listen, can we be content? Yes. Why can we be content? Because Jesus Christ is enough in our lives today. Anybody with me here in this church? Come on, we're sons. We're daughters of the Most High God. He's enough. Come on, say God's enough. Let me close with this last verse. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 15 says this, so that no one, see that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Verse 16, always, everybody say it with me, be joyful. Come on, say I'm joyful today. Goes on and says, never stop praying. Verse 18, look at this. Be thankful in if you got a paper Bible there, you can highlight or underline, circle that word they're in. Be thankful in, what is it? What's the next word? Be thankful in all circumstances. Be thankful what? In how many circumstances? All. All circumstances. How many of you know it's easy to be thankful when things are going your way? Yeah. Notice he didn't say being thankful for all circumstances. Church, what we went through Friday night, that sucked. Don't ever want to go through something like that again. I am not thankful for what happened. I'm not thankful for what the enemy tried to steal that night. But in it, oh, I'm thankful. That bullet could have easily, just at a different trajectory, gone a different direction. Could have hit somebody tragically. That leg of Evans, <laughs> in the natural, it was like, dear God, dear God. Even in the midst of that, there's been so many little miracles, little miracles. What am I saying today? Oh, I tell you, there is power in thanks 
living. <laughs> There's power. Psalms 100 verse 4 says to enter his gates with, come on, help me out, what? What's his gates? His gates is the place of his presence. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with, come on, praise, give thanks to him and praise his name. Stand to your feet with me. Hmm. Just to bow your head there where you're at, I want to pray over you. Father, as I stand here on this stage today and just what is so, I don't know, intriguing or actually another little miracle is this two little points you gave me, you gave me on Thursday. But Lord, I just looking back on the situation that I went through, that Chris went through, that Evan went through, or really that we've all gone through because we're family here. Lord, we don't get carried away with the trauma. Lord, we give you praise and thanksgiving for your hand even in the midst of the crazy, for your direction, for your presence in the midst of the mess. Lord, here in these closing moments, I just really sense there's some people that are hearing my voice right now that they're struggling. They're in some situations. It's hard. Life is happening. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you help each and every one of us, Lord, that are hearing my voice right now, Lord God, to be able to separate the tragedy, to separate the circumstances, Lord God, from your goodness and to see your goodness in the midst of it all your goodness. Lord, we're thankful. We're grateful. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks again for listening. We hope that this message inspires, challenges, and fuels you up to take a real Jesus to a real world. If you'd like to connect with us in any way, please go to harvestenit.com connect. Or if you'd like to learn more about us as a church, please go and check us out at harvestenit.com. We can't wait to share another message with you next week.